Hello and welcome to the Dance of the Soul. So you're catching Regan and I on both, uh, uh, we're both on a, kind of in a moment of travel here and wanted to, uh, wanted you to know that you are so loved. So if it's a little crazy right now, Regan is actually in his travel van that he's talked about buying and, and in her inner workings. And so he's struggling a little bit with, um, being in a small town, you know, how Wi-Fi and da mobile data and all that kind of stuff is kind of crazy. So with that, that we were today going to talk about, I'm Natasha Venter, uh, a psychic medium who really enjoys helping people get through life. I really enjoy doing the dance between dimensions and bridges of life to get people to this human world of ours to where we know how we can manage getting somewhere. And I, I've been called the bridge between worlds. I guess that's what I am because that's what other people label me. So with that, that this is um, the dance of the soul and Regan Forreston is coming on. Like I said, he is in his van traveling. He's actually sitting in a parking lot of a golf course. Imagine that. Sounds like he is like my husband, loves golf. So with that, that he's trying to find a way to get better coverage because it was pretty laggy. So we want to do that. But today, Regan Forston, who is uh, a hypnotherapist with the Newton Institute, you know, Regan isn't just a, uh, a hypnotherapist. He is one who's struggled with anger, with relationships, with uh, he's been an actor, he's been actually a clown, and that kind of thing. So with that, that I thought that this is a conversation that we can really talk because right now it's coming out what we need to do. And that and it really called to me because I'm traveling here in California again. And the friend that I visit, and we've really been talking about the um, uh, Don Guel's, and I'm, I can never say his name, the four agreements. And one of the agreements is, uh, be impeccable with your words, right? Well, impeccable with the words, and I'm using his language. Okay. Cause I don't want to get into a copyright here. I, I want to name that it's his language that I am talking about right now. The impeccable with the words is something that we all struggle with. And if you know what he is, and, and I know that um, my girlfriend right now is listening to it on audio, and this is a book that, you know, you can read over and over and over and over again, and each time you get something out of it. I even do the same thing, right? So with that, that as I'm going forward and managing, I'm noticing as she's listening, because it's an audio book too, and actually, I might even download the audio, because there is something about listening to what the author intended to be said because of how the lilt of the sentences and that kind of thing is different than how we read it, right? So being impeccable with our words. And here's Regan again. We're going to try this again. Hello again. All right. Now Hi. I, get five, I get five bars now, so it should be good. Oh, much better because I can. I don't have to worry about talking over you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about a mile away from the golf course, so. <laughs> good job. Good job. You're doing great. Thank you. And you're clearer and everything. So good. 
I was just talking about how I was leading into, you know, talking about you and how you've had some different dances in life and, and then, and who you are. And I was talking about how I was, and then I was starting to talk about Don Miguel, I cannot say his name correctly. And from the four agreements and about talking about our words, you know, with integrity and, you know, it's one of those things that right now in our world that we're really struggling about how do we be impeccable with our words? How do we manage being who we want to be? And I know that, you know, I was down here in California, my girlfriend, I was just saying that my girlfriend has come back around to listen to the story by audio. And, you know, it was interesting listening to it by audio than reading it because I've read it a couple of times, but it was different to have the lilt of the sentences yeah. differently and how, you know, it's like the paragraph would be read, but it put an inflex on like the part that I was reading. It was about how to be impeccable with our words. And I'm using his language, I say, because I don't want copyright here <laughs> that, yeah. you know, it was interesting how he even named and it's been a couple of years since I read it, you know, even saying that, you know, we want to love our mate yet at the same time, many of us want to love our mates into being who we want them to be instead of honoring who they are. And that's be the backside of being impeccable with our words because of the fact that, Oh, I love you yet. You're doing that wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, being a, a therapist, uh, that's a common a common problem with my clients that they have is they're always just trying to get their the other part person to uh, look at the world and to see things exactly as they do, you know. And it frustrates them when uh, when that can happen, you know. For instance, a, a client uh, just a couple of days ago, she's just been married to someone for forty years and um, and never really been happy, you know. And uh, she's a real neat nick, and he's kind of a slob you know a bit and they just have never worked that out and so it's just a constant frustration because you know she just hasn't realized that that's just not him you know mm -hmm. so um uh, uh i don't know it's 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 really really tough um and you know i think when we feel best is when we have people that have promised us something and they come through it, it, when the other people are impeccable in their word and how wonderful that is that, you know, you can trust that person, you know, that, you know, when they say they're going to do something, they're going to do it. And whoa, it just feels so good when, when we have friends that are that type of people. And that's the type of people that we need to be in return. You know? Exactly. Exactly. I know that so many people right now, and I include myself a little bit because this is an observation, not a judgment that, you know, we, we talk about people, you know, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? And usually what we're talking about is what we're doing ourselves, you know? And it's like, oh, I need to, you know, it's that looking at our, our own mirror before we have the, the, I want to call it judgment or, or, or um, communication towards someone. Yeah. And Many a times talking with people, I try to get permission before I say something like, you know, hey, do you mind relabeling that or re-speaking that? Because so many people will say, 
you know, I, I just don't, I'm just so tired all the time. And I go, do you mind if we rephrase that? You know, yeah. to, you know, I'm tired. I ha I'm tired right now, you know, and I'll get energy later, but I'm tired right now, you yeah. know, or something like that. So that, you know, we can be more impeccable with our words because first we got to start with ourselves. How can we be impeccable with our words to yeah. ourselves? It's like, how can you expect others to be impeccable if we're not impeccable? You exactly. know, that's it, but we're hypocrites a lot of times because we expect that in others and then we find ourselves <clears throat> not doing that. I think it helps to be just to be more mindful of the things that you say even. So when you promise somebody something, don't just say it flippantly or whatever, you know, because a lot of people do that. They like, hey, we're going to have we'll have lunch next week or, you know, and some people take take that like, oh, good. We're going to have lunch next week. And then the person never calls and you wonder mm -hmm. what's going on. You know, they said we were going to, you know, uh, do that. So, um, you know, we have to be very, very careful in the words that we use and to be mindful of the promises that we're making and then to re do something to remind ourselves that we made that promise and we need to fulfill it. Exactly. And yet on the other side of that coin, what we can do if somebody says that is to say, oh, you want to get together next week? Do you want to put it on the calendar right now? Yes. Yes. You know, and it's not necessarily wrong to do that or to push, but it's that that next because I know from from me a lot of times that I've learned that I have to communicate that next step. It's not up to the other person to always communicate. You know, like sometimes we want to say, hey, you know, give me a call. Well, why don't I call you? Yeah. You know, it's that it's that stepping up and being who we want to be, what we want to receive. And that's the thing about uh, dancing in this world of ours that, you know, like on Wednesday, I'm going to talk about opportunity, you know, because opportunity brings us into so many things. And, and you know, this whole being impeccable with our words, I love that Don Miguel Luis, is that how you say? Don Miguel Luis, yeah. Yeah, that he, um, that he brought up this story all those years ago. Because right now, I was listening to my astrologer, Janet Hickox from um, living-astrology.com, that she was talking about right now, this whole week is about shaking us up to get rid of our shadows in our our, um, our old stories, our old shadows of, of self-doubt and self-hittings and, and all those things to wake us up so that we can be better with who we are. Because the fact that right now it's magnified. What we say, what we think is what we're going to receive. And thankfully yeah. we don't receive it all at the same time, right away. But there's that point. And so if we keep talking about, oh, I'm always lonely. I'm never going to get a relationship. Well, that ends up being the story. Yeah. I think the, the, the most disappointing thing sometimes is when, um, you know, people say things to us and we get to uh, you know uh, expecting that they're going to do what they say they're going to do and then they don't and then they do that over and over and over again and then again then we get into if that's a friend or something we get into a, a topic we've had on shows before about setting boundaries you know uh, I know uh, uh, Patty uh, she just ch chimed in in my 
Singer saying she's watching us today. Uh, she just got home from uh, Monterey with having three days with her niece, which was wonderful to see them. They're, they're, they're like peas in a pod. <laughs> and she's old enough to be your grandmother almost, but they're, they're like equals. Yeah, sometimes age yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, and um, the thing that's nice, like Patty always, you know, when she says something, I just know it's going to happen, you know, and I've tried to be that way with her. You know, it's like just things like you say, okay, I'm going to be uh, home at six o'clock, you know, and then so that other person then can go about their day. Maybe if they're cooking dinner or they're doing something, they know when I'm coming in, it helps them to to do what they're going to doing in their day, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. And then so if a person's late, then it just messes everybody up. So I know in relationships, I've had to learn if I'm going to be late, then I, you know, I got to call that person and say, look, I, something held me up. I'm not going to be there till half an hour later or something. Mm -hmm. And some people don't bother to do that because they're not, they're not taking the other person's feelings or what the other person's doing. You know, like if you're in a relationship, you're a team, you know, so each, each person needs to know what's going on with the other person so that they know how to go about their day. Mm -hmm. you know, so, um, yeah, so, some people are notoriously, oh, do, do, have you ever had friends that are notoriously late? I mean, like there's some friends we have and we know when we say, okay, we're going to have a dinner party like at four. Well, we know they're not going to show up ever until maybe 4.30 or quarter to five or, and after a while you just plan your, your event on knowing when you say four well, we don't even need to be ready at that time because they're not even going to be here at that time, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, I grew up loving my mother uh, that she was always about two hours late. And, or she was, oh, you know, she always had, her life was so busy that things didn't roll in the timings of others. And, and I know that I've struggled with this and, you know, like, like uh, Veronica said, you know, on her, on um, that she says, you know, she always puts things on her calendar. Oh, I always, um, I always put things on my calendar. Well, Veronica, hey, Veronica. You know, and so yeah. with that, 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 it, you know, putting things on our calendars, but right now we got things, we got phones that we can put, you know, our, um, our, uh, uh, you know, the timer on. It goes yeah. ding -ling, -a ling ling Oh, I just remembered I have to go. I apologize. You know, and that's the thing is, is I really try to give people notice that, hey, I've, I've got to do this from this time to this time. And, you know, I'm if I'm a little bit over, I apologize. You know, I, I'm trying hard to communicate yeah. because of the fact that, you know, even if I'm a little bit off, I, at least people know that I'm off. And that's the one thing that I have always worked with is universal timing. But I've had to add on when I talk to the universe of love, I want to be in divine timing with everybody and respect the human timing of the clock. So please help me be in the divine timing with the human clock to respect the people around me that are two yeah. leggers. One thing I learned, uh, what, 30 years ago now when I went to anger management, <laughs> And we learned all about um, uh, all the different ways that we abuse each other. And one thing that was surprising to me, they said, not only is it abusive to be late, because when you're late, uh, you know, you're, st you're not staying up, sticking up to your word. But when you're late, what you're actually telling that other person is that, you know, my time is more valuable than your time. So mm -hmm. I'll just come there whenever I want and, 
you know, forget it about what you, you, your timing is. So the other person feels bad, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, you said um, you'd be there a certain time and, and you know, and you, you don't show up. So um, the other thing is, though, too, that it's also a way of abusing if you show up early. In other words, you know, because when we say, oh, we're having a dinner party at four. I know when we have parties, um, you know, there's a few people that doesn't matter when they show up. They're kind of like family, you know. But yeah. everybody else, you you know, we're not ready for and We have everything managed so that everything's ready at four, not at three thirty. You know, if someone shows up at three thirty, you know, like Patty won't even be dressed or something yet and, and gotta get her hair and makeup or something done or you know, so in a way that can cause stress on people too when you show up early. So if if you have to choose, the best thing to do is always show up right on the time that you said. Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, that it, way, it, so. it's an interesting part but going back to that the integrity with our words you know being impeccable with our words and how we influx so much into our relationships with each other you know tones in our voices you know managing our um managing how you know like assumptions assumptions in our mind can be very much just as impactful as the words we say. Yeah. You know, like for me, sometimes um, my if my uh, husband leaves uh, in the morning and he's just a little growly, you know, well, at dinner time when he comes home, you know, old habit, I would have been in my passive aggressive way when he was drinking, you know, would have been, well, he's going to be grumpy when he gets home. Well, that's an assumption that I shouldn't have because there's a lot of things that happen in between now and then. Yeah. And I should not assume if he's grumpy that he's going to stay that way. Yeah. And that's the thing that a lot of us, you know, imply that we imply what we think somebody should be when they're not even in that moment. They're not no. even in that, you know, I wouldn't want somebody to label me coming in the door. You know, sometimes it's nice. Oh, Natasha's always a, a gift to be with. You know, those kinds of things are a little bit easier to work with than, oh, she's always grumpy, you know. But then yeah. that's something that I have to work on. You know, if, I, if that's my label, I'm always grumpy. <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, you know, when uh, one thing we learned in hypnotherapy college was about how people in their lives, how uh, children start forming to be either extroverts or introverts. And a lot of it has to do with the communication that they get from their, uh, the people that are around them that are taking care of them. For instance, um, uh, we found out through, in studies that extroverts tend to be more, um, when you say something, it's, uh, they take things literal, you know, mm -hmm. whereas introverts a lot of times have learned to take things inferentially. Example would be um, in your child and your, your mom and dad get together and they go, hey, guess what? We're going to Disneyland on Saturday and you get all excited. You know, we're going to leave about 10 and we're going to have the whole day there, you know. So the little boy wakes up early, probably, you know, he gets all dressed and everything's ready to go, runs into his mom and dad's room. And they're still sleeping, you know, or something. And he's like wondering what's uh, uh, there's uh, somebody's at my <laughs> my window here. Oh, go ahead. Oh, take this. You're very welcome. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we want to make homeless. a disclosure. Well, just a second. We're going to make a disclosure. So I'm in California with the, at my girlfriend's house, and Regan is wonderfully in his van on the side of the road, <laughs> uh, uh, on doing our show like he always does so wonderfully. So if his, um, if his, if our, um, I'm going to call well, it Wi-Fi or or yeah. our connection or or label, We're, we don't have perfect audio today, and that's okay because it's called life, and we do life. That's one thing that Regan and I try to do is is that it's like. We're not, well, it's actually, we don't try to do, we do it anyways, is whatever life is, we're going to, it is going to be what it's going to be. And we try to be there better in the moment where we're at. (laughs) Yeah, I know it. Well, this, uh, it was a homeless guy and uh, it's really hot here right now. And he just, he asked if I had any water and I just happened to have like a half bottle of water here. So I gave him a half bottle of water. So uh, that made him happy. Isn't that weird how the things we do in the day, like, Okay, if you looked in the bigger picture thing, the coincidence is how I just happened to be here when someone's thirsty and I had some water to give them. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like how we're how we're able to be of service you mm-hmm. know, to other people. Interesting. But I wanted to get back to what I was saying. Okay, the little boy runs into the parents' room and they're still sleeping. And then he wakes them up. We're going to Disneyland. And the parents, you know, sleepily say, oh, you know what? We're really tired right now. I think we're, we'll do it. We'll do it maybe next week or another week. Okay, well, if the parents are doing that constantly, what a child learns is that when somebody tells them something, it may or may not happen. You know, mm-hmm. so that that they grow up. So when people tell them something, their mind is always going, hmm, well, they just told me that they're going to be here around this time or whatever. Maybe they'll show up. Maybe they won't. But uh, if you have the kind of parents that said, we're going to Disneyland, we're going to be up at 10, we're going to have a good time. You get all ready, you run into the room, they're all ready to go, you get in the car at 10 and go. You know, when you have that experience as a child, then you grow up taking things literally. You know, in other words, what people say uh, they're going to do, you know. And, but the, the, the weird awakening of that is when you get to be adult and you realize there's a lot of people that are saying things and it doesn't happen. And you get really disappointed because you thought that when people say something, they're going to do it. You know, so and actually you're you're in a way you're naming a piece of my husband and I's relationship because it's like I go with the flow. You know, if things happen, they happen. And if they don't, they don't. I get excited when when I follow through, when it follows through and I enjoy it. But I don't have expectations about what's going to happen where my husband lived in a military family. So things were pretty you know, followed through, you know, yeah. that kind Everything's of thing. by the clock. Yeah. By the oh, clock. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So with that, that, that if I don't follow through with something because something greater happened in the universe, because I do listen to my intuition and I do do things. He gets quite upset sometimes. And I'm like, when well, honey, and this is the part of me being differently in, in impeccable with my words. Is, is that I learned in this last month that when I get stressed, I don't come out and communicate very well. And yeah. so with that, that I go inward, I'm a double Cancerian, I go under my shell. Yet at the same time, though, my intuition when I'm in stressful moments gets louder. So I start doing things, but I don't communicate them very well. And I know a lot of people, they don't necessarily label an intuition, but they get stressed out they don't communicate and they just start doing things 
right in front of them. They go into reaction instead of interaction. And so with that, that then they don't become communicative. And then the people around them, they kind of go, I thought that you were going to put the bookshelf over here, not over here. Well, instead of communicating, say, hey, you know, something doesn't feel right about putting it over here. I think I'm going to put it over here. You know, just those little communications when we're stressed out help all of us do a little bit differently. Because I know I was driving down the road one time in, in Florida when we were there and driving down the road and I heard, don't take that exit because there's two exits to get to a certain place. You know, you can go this way to get there or you can go this way to get there. And I heard, go to the next exit. Did I mention that? No. And my husband, who gets stressed out driving and doesn't know his way around very well, where I do, I get pictures in my mind and I know where I'm going. He goes, that was our exit. And I go, no, I was going to go down the next one. But I didn't pre-tell him, so he already got upset. So there's that point where many of us forget to communicate the little things because so many of us are made up of so many different, you know, you take it, you take Santa's, you know, Christmas bag, right? And we can put yeah. somebody and there's a whole bunch of stuff that's put in there that make us up who we are. And a lot of times those things, the lack of communication is the thing that can trigger somebody to dislike us more and more. Yeah. You know, well, now it doesn't mean how, that we have yeah. to label all the time, but yeah. it's that little communication sometimes. Go ahead, Regan. Oh, did you freeze? <laughs> I told you we were having some some technical uh, scenarios. So I think Regan froze here. So with this, that going forward is what we can do to manage what's around us. If we can go into observer, and I know I'm I'm an observer that is, you know, I don't know why I have the vision, you know, that I do about certain things about communicating. But the thing is, so when we're going forward and managing our life, the more we can be impeccable with our words, we can be kinder with our words. We can be, Regan's still frozen here. There, he popped out and he'll pop back in. That, you know, it, it's about working with each other. Now, the, that's the one thing that I have found is, is that if I perceive somebody that they should be a certain way, there was keywords in there. If I perceive somebody that they should be the way that they should be, well, isn't that interesting? Because I know that down here, um, and I've got a lot of single, especially women friends who are struggling finding mates. Because of the fact that we forget that some men are, they're, how do I say this with love? They're simpler minded than us women are. And so they don't think the same way we do. And when we're going forward and, and trying to work on things, first, like, like I've been saying to some people, Give opportunity a chance because we don't know where we're going to be and what's going to be. And so many of us get spoken to when somebody is in the first throes of, of what a relationship might be and they don't know who to be. And I can tell you that this can lay over like meeting somebody at the grocery store who's our checkout person, right? 
or or it could be um like Regan meeting that homeless man, right? So when we're going forward, when we really are thinking, should somebody be a certain way? Is that being impeccable? Or is that putting people onto a story that they are not, right? So thinking about being impeccable with our words, you know, we got a couple of people watching here, so I would love some input. The, how are ways that you find that you either are impeccable with your words or that you are struggling with it? Because of the fact that we're all human, we all struggle with it, right? You know, the, the going into these moments of, of I, I'm really in observing on how many people, you know, like if somebody was raised by a mother who was very sharp and judgmental, right? If they were sharp and judgmental. How do you think we might be? Food for thought, right? How do we think we might be? If we were raised by kinder, uh, gentler parents, how would we might be? Right? So going forward, we are the makeup of who we are. Like Regan said, that, you know, the way that we're raised do, does have an impact in how we are. and. You know, many of us throw things out. You know, many of us in our our anger throw out these these statements that are not for kindness and growth. And that's one thing that I have noticed when I've had to be self-observant uh, about being impeccable with my words is I had to check in. What was my intention in this? What was my intention? Even if it's talking with a girlfriend for a few minutes, even if it's talking to someone I'm checking out or, you know, at a grocery store and we're checking out, that how can we be more in, sorry, my legs are sticking to the chair I'm in, uh, be in the moment of, of surrendering to who somebody is to do better boundaries and and communication towards someone right so with that going forward when we are in the middle of of an argument let's say how is it that you are speaking to yourself and how are you speaking to the people around you now that's the thing is is that all of us have agendas all of us have agendas what is my agenda in this moment? And I'm going to tell you, having an agenda in a conversation with someone doesn't always work. You can have intentions. You can have intentions, but agendas. Because sometimes someone will speak something in an agenda, right, that is triggers somebody else. So having an intention in a conversation can be more blessed. Are you back, Regan? Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. It, uh, my phone just went dead and it says your iPhone is overheated. You need to cool it down before you, before you uh, uh, use it again. So I had to turn on the air conditioner here in the van and put, the, put it up to the air conditioner for a minute and oh. cool down. But I think that's how, that's how hot it is here. I had it on a 
you know, there was um, a little suction cup thing onto the front window. And I think the sun coming in from outside through the glass was heating it up. Oh, yes. So anyway, sorry. That, <laughs> no, you're good. There. You're good. You know, was, like we said that this is technology. about going with the flow. I have no judgments about this. Yeah. It's like if and, and that's the thing that I was just talking about. Isn't this interesting? I love synchronicities in life is, is that, you know, I could have an agenda with the show. I can have an agenda that we need to have this protocol. We need to have these logistics with our audio. We can, we need to have this with our, our, um, our cameras and we can't have any other influx influxes. Right. But I, I don't do that. I have intentions with the show. Yeah. Having good conversations, having something that is leaving people better than I find them showing that there's love out in the world and hopefully helping someone get from here to here, you know, getting from here to here so that they can do better in their life. And that's intention agenda. So I'm so grateful that you have the same kind of intentions in your (laughs) life, Regan. (laughs) I'm lucky to have Patty in my life too, because we, so many times we have to go to plan B and that doesn't work. We go to plan C and, we both just go, whoop, let's just go to plan B. Now let's go to C instead mm-hmm. of being, you know, you're like, you're disappointed that what you wanted to happen uh, didn't happen. You go, ah, oh, darn. But some people that ruins their whole day, they can't move to a plan B. And then they're just, they're just uh, puts them in such a bad mood that, you know, but uh, luckily, uh, and that's, what's good about relationships. You know, if you have partners that can kind of, cause in life, I think, I think it's healthier to have people that can go with the flow, you know, mm-hmm. more than people that are too rigid, mm-hmm. you know, in their ways, because n- nothing, um, I mean, it's rare sometimes when everything happens exactly as you wanted it to go. Exactly. Know? Exactly. And that's the thing about when we get into the mix of people, cause I know that, you know, we all have people who are married to the opposite. You know, you're lucky that you have, you have Patty the way that you do. I know for me, I don't have a Patty. I have a, I have a very loving husband. He, he's very much so loving. But the thing is though, that he does have um, agendas. He does have expectations. He does, you know, he does have those things. And I know that, you know, there's a couple people watching today that do have those kinds of mates too. And they get judged if it doesn't happen, you know, because how can we, one set of the, of the relationship be impeccable with our words, yeah. but the other half isn't. Right. That's, that's difficult too. You know, at least you can feel good about yourself that you know that you did what you say you're going to do, you know, and that gives you some sort of, uh, self-love or something you know that way um thinking about when you talked about this say we're going to talk about the subject today i began to think of the the issues that happened in my life where things became unpleasant or fell apart or became a big issue because i was i did not do what i said i was going to do Mm -hmm. you know especially when i was younger and the thing sometimes when you don't do what you say you're going to do and you do a semblance of that even a semblance of that isn't good enough. I mean, you know, you got to do what you say you're going to do. Uh, in, in a, just think about people that are late for work. I mean, they've made a contract with that person who, who hired them to be there at a particular time every day. 
Mm-hmm. And when you're not, when you show up late or, oh, you know, I'm just going to, they don't mind if I get there 10, 15 minutes late. Well, if you have that agreement with your boss that, yeah, you're here, you're supposed to be here at 9 a.m. sharp or, you know, at least by 9.15 and you get there at 9.14, no problem still, you know, because you've, you're, you've made that agreement with the boss. But there are a lot of jobs that if you're not there right on the time, you throw everything else off, you know. Uh, I was and when I've been on this three day journey here to see my grandkids and uh, everything, which was wonderful this weekend. Um, I stopped. I couldn't get into a fast food place. The, the dining room was supposed to be open, but they had the door locked. And my van is nine foot tall, so I can't get through the drive through. So and I knocked on the door. The lady came over and said, you know, only drive through only. And uh, and I said, your, your dining room's closed. And she goes, yeah, a few people didn't show up. And we we had to close the doors because we can't we can't service both inside and the outside. So that whole team was in there working their butts off, trying to make up for two people that just decided not to come into work, you know. So, um, you know, and a lot of young people, I say young, there's older people too, but it seems to be one thing that youth needs to learn. And that's about how important it is for things to go well, that everybody has a place, you know, like it's a tribe. If some, let's say if you were in a tribe and there's a few uh, young uh, men that are in charge of hunting to go out and get the deer for the village for the week and mm-hmm. they go out and play and do something else and they come back and everybody's mad at them and they go what's wrong and they go we don't have anything to eat you know because you were supposed to go out and hunt and they go oh okay you know it's that kind of thing you know you gotta you gotta really do what you say you're gonna do and the older i get the better i'm getting at it and the more I think that's that's part of the, I think that's part of the life journey is as we get older, we get more aware of our impacts around us. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, when you're going to, when you're going to do something uh, and you say you're going to do it now, because I'm becoming a little forgetful at my age, if I say, like if Patty asked me to do something, it works best if I just, even though she says, well, tomorrow will you do this certain thing? Well, I either got to go put it on a list or set my alarm, you know, and put something that's going to happen. Or I just got to get up and do it right then, even though it was, it was something I could do tomorrow. Because then it, then I go, oh, I got that done and it's off my plate and I don't have to worry about remembering. Uh-huh. You know? I hear you. Well, we got so much stuff going on nowadays that I don't care if you're three years old or, or, or you know, you know, 33 or, or 99 or whatever you are that, there's so much going on right now that it's hard to really think about things. And I know for me, I even wrote down what I was going to talk about on Wednesday because I didn't want to forget it on, you know, when I posted because of the fact yeah. that life is happening around us. And that's the thing that, that I want people to know is, is that when we're impeccable with our words, we got to come home. We got to come back to us. We got to come back to our own self. Because if we don't start being impeccable with our words, because of fact, what we are thinking, what we are saying, and what we focus on is what we are going to be receiving in our life. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. huge right now. Mm-hmm. So with that, that, you know, thinking about, you know, Oh, like I, I, um, my girlfriend, you know, we went to a, a dance studio because it was something that, that, you know, she, she doesn't, you know, she wants a girlfriend to go do things with. And so we went to a dance studio and I asked a, a gentleman, what does he do? He says, I'm unemployed. 
just simple. I'm unemployed. Yeah. Well, uh, there's another way of saying that. I'm on a path of finding my next uh, job. Yeah. You know, that's, oh, that's so good that you said that because. That's impeccable with our words. Yeah. You, you know, that's a, a such a, something I learned in the last few weeks and I wrote it down and I've helped a few people because I passed it on to them. And that's in the power of words. Like you say, when you say, you know, I can't find a job, you know, that's, that's putting, that's adding reinforcement to the fact of making it more difficult for you to find a job. But if you just put one word at the end of that sentence, it changes the whole vibe to it. You say, I haven't, I, I can't find a job yet, you know, and you put that yet in there, which means that you're going forward and you're looking for a job and you just haven't found it, but you're going to, you know, yet, you know, instead of saying, I can't find a job. You just feel that difference, can't you? Yeah. There's yeah. that, that the sentence continues, dot, 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 dot. You know, it's yeah. a continuation. But that's that whole difference in being impeccable with our words about how we want to journey our life. For me, it's like, you know, okay, I, I want to budget better. You know, that's something that money has been one of my... Uh, I don't want to call it that I've been broke my life, but it's been a it's been a, a process of learning, you know, how to manage it a little differently. And and I am one that loves to be in, in service. And so, like for me, being impeccable with my words in order to do this trip, I was like, OK, guy, universe, I want to go on this trip. I know I'm called to go on this trip. And how can I do it to be in the budget that I wanted to be in? Well. I was going to do it one way and the ticket kept going up and up and up. And then I looked on um, a credit card that I have that it was like I had enough points to do all my trip and all I had to do was pay the tax on it. So three tickets cost me $15. Wow. Great. You know, so being impeccable with my words instead of saying, oh, I can't afford to go. I don't want to go. I'm not, you know, I really want to go, but I don't have the money to go. I asked the universe, okay, guys, if I'm meant to go, you need to make it for being the budget that I can afford. Yeah. And what happened? I'm in California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm actually going to be with Regan here in another, uh, what, next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be uh, going to be fun. We're lo really looking uh, forward to that, you know. Yes, yeah. yes. And, you know, and just to remind people, what we're talking about today is part from the book, The Four Agreements, which is sold several million copies. Mm -hmm. People that read it, it's a small book. It's if for people that like to read. It's probably, I don't know, it's real thin and everything, but it's so powerful. And it's uh, about four agreements that if you make these agreements with yourself and you hold them, you have a most beautiful life. Your relationships work well. You feel good about yourself. Uh, and they're simple ones, you know. And one of the four is be impeccable in your word. You know, yep. um, there was another, um, I'm trying to think it was called Morgan's Law or the man who wrote a book. And the book was written on the premise with one sentence. It says, do all you agree to do and never encroach on another person's space or property. And in other words, if you follow just that, you know, line there, 
you know, do all you agree to do, never encroach on another person's physical or emotional mm -hmm. space, um, you know, that's a, a pretty good way to live, you know. So when you're getting ready to do something, you think, hmm, am I pushing in the boundaries of somebody else? Am I, am I doing something negative there? Or is this, is this what I'm doing uh, in the plus side? You know, just okay, mm -hmm. you know, with everything you do. And that's just like this four agreements. So it's uh, Miguel Luis, wait a minute. I always forget his name. <laughs> Regal. <laughs> yeah. I have it. <laughs> I don't want to dishonor him. This makes me sad. My dyslexia and I, um, you know, that it, it is part of that process of, um, let me see here. I looked up. There well, we go. You, for people that want the book, it's sold millions. So if you even go out to Amazon used books, or go use books, you'll find it. And it'll probably be yeah. like used. Don Miguel Roguiz, Roguiz, yes. And and I know for me, I think I'm gonna um I'm gonna do it again, but do it audio. Just to get, just to hear it this time so that I can hear it a little differently than when I'm reading it. So I'm not yeah. having my assumptions when I'm reading it. I'm having you know, when sometimes when you hear something different, because that's the thing that, that you know, being in, impeccable with our words, that a lot of times we have an agenda that I want to have a conversation with you and I want to tell you this. And then people go, wait a minute. Um, I just got home. My brain isn't even close to being in this conversation. And I don't know where you're coming from. Right. So being impeccable with our words, a lot of times I ask permission first. Hey, you know, I, there's something bugging me and I don't know, I, I need to have, I would really love to have a conversation with you. Do you mind telling me when it would be a good time to do that? And I need to do it sooner than later. Yeah. You know, and then that way things become a little bit more, less agenda and more intentioned. Yeah. Somebody's ready for it. Yeah, it. Well, and being impeccable with your word also means to yourself. In other words, if you set your mind, you say, okay, on Monday, I know for my better good, I'm going to go do this. You know, you put it on your calendar and you do it. You're going to feel pretty good. But how bad do we feel about ourselves sometimes when we tell ourselves we're going to do something and then we, uh, you know, oh, I'm too tired or blah, blah, blah. And then we go around the whole day feeling awful because we, you know, we knew what was best for ourselves, and we told ourselves we were going to do something and we don't do it, you mm -hmm. know, and then you start feeling bad about yourself. And it just it's, uh, you know, so be careful what you say to yourself you're going to do, you know. Uh, exactly. Exactly. I know that my girlfriend, I, you know, when I come down here, we both learn from each other so much. It's like, and I love that she sets, you know, like when she has to go out and, and do some weeding, she sets the timer for 20 minutes. And I'm thinking. You can't do weeding in 20 minutes. I mean, you know, especially with what we're good, we're doing a lot of planting and, and freshening up and, yeah. and, uh, and it was like, but like she said, it gets me outside. It gets me yeah. outside. And that 20 minutes, my mind can handle saying 20 minutes because I don't really want to do it, but yet it, it's that getting it moving forward. And, and that's, one thing that if we can do for ourselves is is compromise so many people don't compromise with themselves yeah yeah 
that's right. You can't be too tough on yourself either. Sometimes when things aren't going your way and you have to be willing to change your plan, even if it's not with someone else, but it's just something you need to do and you need to go to, you know, to breathe for a minute and go, okay, what can plan be here at this point? You know, mm-hmm. what, what can it do so that I can, and people will be surprised how they can accomplish things in a completely different way than they ever thought they, you know, they have a way in their mind, they're going to go from A to B and this is how they're going to go. And all of a sudden there's a roadblock of some sort. And then they're forced to figure out all of a sudden, because they're forced to do that, they'll find a way to get to that point in a whole different way that they never thought of before, you know? So, um, you know, a lot of things can happen and you can still get things done, even if they're not in the way that you anticipated, uh, you know, exactly. And the thing is, so during that journey, we got to be careful what we tell ourselves. I'm so stupid for going this way. Why did I hell did I decide to go this way? And, and that's not being very impeccable with our words. Like for me, if I if I do that, I go, oh, I guess the universe wants me to go a different way. Right. You know. So yeah. with me, I don't necessarily fight the pattern. Like like um, my girlfriend was taking down a tree in the front, and it just happened to be where it was going to be trimmed. And then the communication got off and it got trimmed a little bit more. And pretty soon it was trimmed down. The thing is, though, it was a tree that was prickly and, and you know, did a lot of, um, dropped a lot of, of things. So it was a messy tree for the front yard. And, you know, it was hard for her to, to go through that transition. And so she's feeling guilty and, and all these different things. And, and like I told her, I said, it is what it is. What can yeah. we do with what is, you know, cause I, I don't like witnessing people who, you know, we, we punish and, and we hurt ourselves. And I've learned a long time ago to what is here? What do I have to deal with here? What do I have to do with here? And one thing that, that I'm observing with myself is, is that I do, okay, what is here? And what can I do with what's here? And do you notice my body language? I'm not necessarily, I'm here. What am I going to do with here? It's no, I'm here. What am I going to do with it? Yeah. Well, let's go get some information. Instead of talking bad about ourselves, about making decisions and struggling that, you know, okay, I had to go a different way in my car. Oh, well, and like I just, like I've said before, maybe I needed to bless that energy that needed yes. was on that road or, oh, there was a deer I wouldn't have seen earlier. And that deer represents being kinder to myself. <laughs> you know, one thing I, one thing I learned, you know, the, my friend Tony, you know, taught me uh, back in my forties and really instilled in me that, the, you know, he just said, there's always more than one way to do something. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we grow up and we learn, we think, you know, we have, well, <laughs> I mean, simplification of that is you grow up and you eat your meals all the time with a fork and a little kid or something doesn't have fork, thinks can't eat his meal, but there's a spoon sitting right there, but they don't think I can eat that food with a spoon because I've always used a fork. And that's mm-hmm. how blind we are sometimes, you know, and um, when you have that mentality that there's always another way to get to the destination you want to do always another way to fix something you know there's always another tool besides the tool you thought you were going to use that you could maybe use in an emergency or something and um but just having that mentality has helped me uh so many times 
you know, like when I um, I broke down, uh, had a flat a few years ago by the, in the middle of the night uh, out in the desert somewhere and no AAA, no, but I had a, I had a jack on the back. So I got the jack under the van and I got the jack all the way to the top, but it still needed to go about an inch higher. I couldn't get that tire, but I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. Okay, there's always another way. So then my mind quickly went to, I walked up along the road until I found some stones that were, you know, a bit, like a big stone that was flat enough and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I, I found a, a, a like a two by four that someone had fallen off a truck or something up a ways. So I came back and no problem, you know, but I know at one point in my life, I would have thought, oh man, I'm, I, I'm just stuck out here till morning or something when I can mm -hmm. play. And I'm so down. stupid for having this happen. And, la, da, 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 da. and you know, it's all, all these negative things that yeah. doesn't do us any good with, with, you know, and that's the, the web that I think that being impeccable with our words or being kinder with our words or being influential in our words is that we don't necessarily, we, we don't realize how much we weave our language weaves our tapestry of our life. And what do we want? Do we want discord and hurt and hate? in what we're thinking, concepting, what we're talking about, what, cause what we talk about is what we're focusing on. Yeah. Well, and, I and, you know, and, and how we talk about others. I think that's very much, you know, one thing that we gotta be, uh, you know, we're coming down on our time here and I would love to talk a little bit about how we talk about others. How we what? How we talk about others. Oh yeah. Because the fact that sometimes, you know, like, um, like I was with some friends and, and somebody hurt their back and they were going to text, oh, so-and-so can't do something because they have a backache. And I'm like going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did she say that she has a backache or are we saying that she has a backache? So being impeccable with our words, we got to be careful. We can say, hey, you know, so-and-so might not be able to dance tonight. She'll let you know why. You know, because it's up to them. And so many of us, um, you know, like for me, I had a, a friend who passed away yesterday morning. Or no, actually this morning. Wow. Uh, and um, and she, I knew she was going to pass. She, she had cancer, but while she was having cancer, I had to be careful how I spoke about her because of the fact that I did not want to label that she couldn't have a miracle. Yeah. You know, and if I always said, you know, that, you know, like I really tried to say something that, you know, I have a couple friends that, you know, that sadly that they they have an opportunity to leave this earth and i'm praying that that if they do they can go with gentle grace and ease yeah and less pain you know that so i'm saying if that's their path so being impeccable with our words being careful about how we speak about people who are ill and if somebody says well how is like somebody asked how's my kid in new mexico and i say I don't know. I mean, I know that every time I talk to her, she's, you know, happy and, and or she's uh, sometimes, you know, she's tired, you know, because that's what she says. But, you know, I, I know that she can have energy when she wakes, when she gets some sleep. Yeah. You know, so it's that how do we talk about others around us? 
because we not being impeccable with our words about holding other people, we can deem them sicker and sicker because of how we keep them in that sickness. I know. Yeah. You know, we'll have tricky? to do a show sometime on the importance of how the importance of words and how we say words and how because of energies and things. And just like you're saying, how we can either uh, we can either bring something down or pull something up just by the way we phrase words in a different way. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting. Um, let me, um, since I have to leave right at five. Okay. Uh, let me tell people how they can get a hold of me. Um, I work with the Newton Institute, one of 250 therapists trained around the world. We're in 46 countries. And uh, for 40 years, we have this pro- we've had this process where we help our clients, to, I help my clients get into a deep, uh, trance state, which about 90% of people can reach. It's not that hard. Uh, and in that state, we've discovered that you can expand your awareness to mm-hmm. the afterlife. Uh, and it's an, a most amazing, life-changing, life-altering experience you can have. You become, in a sense, like Natasha, like a, a medium where you get some information from the other side. Uh, and uh, we've had about 70,000 people do it so far. And um, it, the more therapists we train now, that's that number is increasing rapidly because the world has changed so much and oh, so many gosh, people yes. are open to that right now. You know, so uh, I do it either on Zoom, uh, online or in person. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I pretty much see people all over California, northern Southern California. But other than that, I do it on Zoom. So if you're in India watching this, uh, all I do is set my clock, get up in the early in the middle of the night but it's day for you and do a, a therapy session for you there. I'm also a regular clinical hypnotherapist and I deal with things like stress, PTSD, uh, fears and phobias, uh, changing bad habits, stop smoking, lose weight, even the simple things. Uh, we learned, um, what I've learned to do is how to help you retrain your subconscious into getting more out of who you are. You know, so you can get a hold of me at visittheafterlife.com. There's some cool videos on there a lot more explanation of things. And you can get a free book right now called uh, Reincarnation is Real, which is a, uh, a uh, an e-book that I send free to you. It's about all the current research around the world. And there's lots of it, lots more proof of reincarnation. It's just, it's pretty much proof now, you know, because there's so much research. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Natasha, my girlfriend. Know your your website is great. I like your website. It's great. Well, thank um, you. And it's angelicclarifications.com, right? It is angelicclarifications.com, and you can reach me through there if you are looking to have a session with working with past lives. Matter of fact, my uh, my friend girlfriend's dog has a big fear of anybody stepping on a ladder, and so I even saw into the dog's past life. <laughs> it's amazing how things are woven through. So with that, that I'm Natasha Benter, and I am a psychic medium who would love to help you through life, and you can reach me at angelicclarifications.com. Yeah, and the book again is the Four Agreements. If you just type in the Four Agreements, they say you can get it. You, you know, so many millions Don. of this have been sold, uh, and I'm still getting him. His name, Michael something. Don Miguel Louis. There we go. Oh, yeah. But if you just do the Four Agreements, uh, and I, I'll tell you, if you get this book, you will pass it on to somebody else because it's uh, you begin to make these agreements with yourself. They're not. To implement the agreements might be a little difficult because you have to change your behavior a little bit, but you can grow so much if you just follow these four simple things and think about it every day. Are you keeping these agreements with yourself? And if you do, I'll tell you, uh, people that have followed them have said that it's life-changing. 
you know. It, it is very life-changing, and it's something that um, I think that, for me, that I keep revisiting this kind of book or story to help um, to help myself keep on the same or path. Because yeah. I want to be very impeccable with my words because my words do carry a lot of responsibility. So blessings, in, everyone. Impeccable in your word, people. Yes, exactly. My love to everyone and blessings. And may you have love in the journey of your life. Yeah, we'll see you next week at 4. At 4 o'clock and Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Same station, same place. Bye now. Yeah. Bye.